0: her. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, please hit the like button and the subscribe button on the YouTube channel, the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Also, you can find your podcast wherever you're listening to your podcast. So Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, wherever you literally wherever you listen to your podcast, please go follow it there. You'll get updates when there's weekly episodes. Uh, again, the YouTube channel, the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Hit the like button, subscribe button, leave a comment in the comment section to be a part of the conversation, leave questions, share it out, all that stuff. Uh, leave a review, be a friend, tell a friend. Um, really, greatly appreciate it if you take those minute minute or two minutes out of your day to do so. Uh, you can also find this podcast on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Uh, it's one of the fastest growing podcast networks there is. Uh, go to bellyupsports.com. You can find this podcast and a bunch of other podcasts there, a bunch of blogs, um, fantasy sports podcasts, anything there. A couple other things in there that are outside of sports. There's a little something there for everybody, but it, mainly sports. If you're into sports, go check it out, bellyupsports.com. Betting season is in full swing. This podcast and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network is working with BetUS. It's a sports betting website where you can make same-game parlays, uh, in-game bets, uh, just money lines, all that good stuff over-unders. It's also a casino betting website, so if you want to play poker, blackjack, without having to go anywhere, you could just do it right online at BetUS. If you use the link in the description below, betus Sports, make a minimum deposit of $100 and use the code JOIN125, you are going to get free money. And everybody loves free money. You're going to get 125%. Sign-up bonus, 100% of that's going to go to the sports betting part of the website, <clears throat> and 25% is going to go to the casino betting part of it. Again, use the link in the description below, betus Sports. use the code JOIN125. You do have to deposit $100. You're going to get 125% sign-up bonus, free money. Who doesn't like free money? Take advantage of that deal. Um, I give you bets, other Places on the Bell Sports Podcast Network has given you those bets, but it lets them know that I sent you, that we sent you. It helps grow everything. Really, greatly appreciate if you could do that for me. Also, if you are looking for new sunglasses, uh, winter is coming for some of us in the Midwest. Some of you guys on the West Coast, and the South, you're still going to have sun. You need Yeats sunglasses. Y-E-T-Z sunglasses. They're some of the most comfortable. <coughs> Excuse me. Some of the most comfortable uh, sunglasses in the game. Uh, They're also some of the most stylish sunglasses there are. If you're living somewhere where you can still go to the beach, these sunglasses are built for that. They can handle water, sand. If you're on the water swimming, they can also let you see sharks sooner because the water and the sand doesn't, you know, um, clog it up or anything. It stays crystal clear. So you can see the sharks coming at you pretty quickly so you can get out of there. Uh, They actually will help you see the sharks quicker, fishes, whatever. They're very much quicker than you would normally with normal sunglasses, If you're training outside for your sport uh, during the day, it can also handle the blood, sweat, and tears that come with that. Turf, turf pellets that pop up, anything like that. They can handle you riding your motorcycle, bike rides, running, all that type of stuff. It can handle it. And if you have a big head like I do, they're going to fit your head. They're going to fit your head. They have different styles. Uh, In the snow, when the snow is bright, uh, the sun's coming off the snow and it's pretty bright. uh, It will help you when you're driving. Um, They'll block that out for you. You can wear them all year round. And this company cares about people. When they first started, um, a percentage of this would go to beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. They're willing to listen to other outreach programs you think the money should go to. They will give a percentage of it to that. So go to yeatsofficial.com and use the code CSS to get 10% off your order. We've got to save the planet. So go use that code for me. We've got to save the planet with these outreach programs. So go do that for me and let them know I sent you. It helps that company grow and we can just continue to save the planet. Okay, diving into this episode before I die of some type of cough that's happening to me right now with allergy season. Um, today we're just going to go into college football week nine. It's a, it's crazy that we are at week nine already. Uh, even though there's not these humongous games going on right now, we are going to discuss some of the big games that are happening right now or are going to happen this weekend. Um, if you go, if you check out my last episode before this uh one of the games i'm not going to talk about on here because i already talked about it was number six michigan playing number eight michigan state that is one of the biggest games there is i've already talked about keys to that game and what to look out for michigan is sneaky good uh michigan state is kind of the Mm -hmm. surprise so if you look at it um Mm -hmm. if you look at it michigan is a sneaky good team michigan state is a surprise team so if you go listen to my big 10 my illinois preview and i talk about the big 10 i'll talk about that game um, one thing I wanted to just dive on just very, very quickly is the Clemson Tigers. And one of the big questions around is, are the Clemson Tigers done? Is the dynasty dynasty over? Uh, what's going on there? People are now starting to doubt Clemson and Dabo Sweeney. And it's pretty incredible because we're seeing this kind of in... Um, LSU, you know, Ed Odron is only two or a year and a half to two years out of winning a national title, and already he's going to be on his way out. And so you are Clemson, you're winning a couple national titles, you're only losing a game or so a season. This year, you've lost three games already. You start off the year with probably the top two best team in the nation right now, and right now they're the best team in the nation in Georgia, and you only lose to them 10 to three. So you play them very tough. Now, Georgia was still figuring out their offense and who they were. You dominate South Carolina. You have a close game against Georgia Tech. Then you lose to North Carolina State. Close one against Boston College. Close one against Syracuse. Then you lose one against Pitt. So it's crazy. Now, one of the things is it's crazy what Clemson looks like when you don't have your first-round draft pick, Heisman Trophy winner, three-year starter quarterback, Uh, You have a three-year starter at running back. Last year they were young at offensive line, but you have some of those guys. Some of their defensive guys that have been around. So when you don't have these guys, it's incredible what what it looks like. And when you start a young quarterback. um, So the big question is, are Clemson Tigers done? Um, Is Dappo Sweeney? Now here's the thing. They don't forget how to coach. You're just dealing with different players. Other teams are now – I mean, part of it, I have no proof on this. But one of the things is this transfer portal is going to help out a lot. Of, help out a lot of other teams. Now I don't really want to root for Clemson to um, lose, but it's kind of nice to see the ACC kind of leveled out for this year. It's not going to be just a dominant Clemson. It's other teams are having chances to kind of be competitive. Um, but with Clemson, you know, just a fall from grace this year. They're only averaging 20 points a game. They've only scored 140. Um rushing, they only have they have two, like they're running the ball. They're, they're having a hard time passing the ball. Um right now, their quarterback who I cannot say his name right. Um D, I'm just gonna call him DJ. He has 1,102 passing yards. He only has four touchdowns and five interceptions, so they're struggling in the passing passing game. <clears throat> they've played other quarterbacks. They've played two others and they've combined, you know, 12 of 22. They've only thrown a touchdown between there and one one touchdown or one interception. DJ has been sacked 13 times, which is a lot. Um in the run game. Um Kobe Pace is their leading rusher with 327. Will Shipley um has 263. DJ actually runs the ball a lot. He has Attempted 67 rushes, more than any of the running backs, and he has 236. So I think Clemson right now, other teams have caught up because of all the talent Clemson had had. They were on this hot, like really up here, and everybody in the ACC was trying to play catch-up. Well, now when you lose a lot of players at Clemson and you're young and you're waiting for a recruiting class to come in and other teams' recruits are getting – They're older. Some guys from other teams probably came back. I don't see Clemson's dynasty being over. Like, you could say that now because it's not continuing. But they said that about Alabama when they lost their two games, didn't make the playoff, had to play Michigan in the Outback Bowl or whatever it was. And I remember that question coming up saying, is their dynasty done? Well, now look what's happening with Alabama. So for right now, I don't think you could really sit here and say, is the dynasty over? You have to see what happens next year. If next year they come back, Lose a game but make the playoff, or you know, or that right there to make the playoff, and they're not there. I don't think you say the quote unquote dynasty is over. Um, and another thing is you got to give Dabo Sweeney some credit. I mean, it's not like they're losing every single game. Yeah, they've lost three. They just look normal, they don't look terrible. They're just normal. They're trying to figure out an identity. They had an identity for three years. Uh, the kids aren't stepping up. I don't think the coaching staff are stepping up, but with every with this transfer portal recruiting they're young they're going to have a decent recruiting class come in you have a young quarterback young running backs like when you lean heavily on some of these dudes that go on in the nfl um played in big time games national title games it's really tough for you to sit here and say the dynasty's over now next year they do the same thing you could probably say it's over then the next year if they're losing two or three games yeah you could say it's probably over um so i think that the clemson tigers i guess deserve a pass but the only reason why is because of what's happening to them. Now, coming into the season, you're not giving them a pass. They are the Clemson Tigers. They they have this high, high pedestal. People really thought highly of them. I don't think you could overlook them. You know, they could easily, or one day, and I say this in coaching, one day when you're working with new kids, you got to change your system up, um, trying to figure out what's going to work for them. You can't exactly run what you were running with Sean Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Maybe this has to be completely different. How do you tweak things? Is the defense getting too complicated for them? I mean, they're not. doesn't look like they're giving up too many, too many points. Um, but one day the light bulb's going to go off, and so for Clemson it might go off this week when they play Florida State. It might go off later on. Who knows? But one day the light bulb is going to go off, and they're going to come back and be good. I don't think you can sit here and say the dynasty is quite over, but I also don't think you can sit here and say they're this dominant team anymore. Um, but I know Dabo Sweeney can't go on and lose way more games than they have now, Looking at their schedule, you know, they have Florida State, Louisville, uh, Connecticut, Wake Forest, and South Carolina. I mean, they should be able to beat Florida State. They should be able to beat um, uh, uh, Louis, Louisville. I can't believe I can't say that. Uh, Connecticut. Now, they could lose to Wake Forest. Wake Forest is number 13 in the nation right now. They're undefeated. Um, they're looking pretty good. So, I, Clemson could end up with four losses this year. I don't see them losing to anybody else. But... If this happens again next year, then I think you have to start to say the Dynasty is over, and then the next big question is going to be, Davos, when he's on the hot seat, it's going to be the thing with Ed Ogeron, like what's going on there and everything else. But these guys didn't forget how to coach all of a sudden. So something's going on in that locker room. Something's not clicking. Something's not going right with their offense. Something's not going right with the players. And as coaches, they have to figure that out. But I don't think you can sit here and say, is the Dynasty over? Are they over? Are they never going to come back? Are they fallen so far from grace? Um I don't think you can really sit here and say that, Um, but I wanted to tackle that. That's been one of the topics here um, right now coming in. Another game I wanted to discuss real quick is two polar opposite teams. Uh, The Kentucky Wildcats will play Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, Kentucky is one of those surprise teams. Uh, Last year there was a very low-scoring game between these two. Kentucky right now is number 12 in the nation, which is crazy. They are a basketball school, so in football to be ranked is pretty cool uh, for them. They are 6 and 1. Mississippi State is 4 and 3. Uh, and so Mike Leach and his air raid go against Stoops over at Kentucky. Uh, completely different. Kentucky's more of a run first. They are going to throw the ball and take what the, the defense is giving them. Um, I think this is a big game only because it's polar opposites, and I think uh, Will Rogers is playing pretty well. There are not, not a lot of people are talking about him. 291 of 396, he has 2,546 passing yards and 18 touchdowns. So, I mean, he's playing pretty well, throwing the ball a lot, obviously, in this air raid. Kentucky is actually averaging – Almost one point more per game than Mississippi State. Kentucky is scoring 28.4 points a game. Mississippi State is scoring 27.6. Kentucky only gives up 19 points a game, while Mississippi State's giving up 25. Total yards, Kentucky gets 387. Mississippi State, 423. I mean, of course, passing yards, Kentucky's only going to get you 196 a game. Mississippi State, 374. Kentucky will get 190 on on the rushing yards. Now, here's the thing. Kentucky... It's going to averages 190 rush yards a game. Mississippi State <clears throat> only gives up 93 rushing yards a game, but they'll give up 234 passing yards. And Kentucky only gives up 201 pass yards and gives up 119. If you look at their last five games, pretty even in the um, competitiveness. Mississippi State, you know, having Memphis, LSU, uh, Texas A&M, and they beat Texas A&M, and then they have Alabama, and then Vanderbilt, Kentucky, University of Chattanooga, South Carolina, Florida, LSU, then Georgia. So they're pretty similar in strength there in the last five games. But Kentucky, they beat LSU, where Mississippi State did not. Uh, and, you know, they kind of competed with Georgia, whereas Mississippi State had made too many mistakes against Alabama – To me, the two best teams in the nation is Georgia and Alabama, so they're pretty similar right now, and it's a close game right now. If you want to look at, I mean, this is according to one of the spreads I see. You see, like uh, Mississippi State's minus one and a half; they are fifty three point four percent favorite over Kentucky. Now, I don't. I think you're only saying that because of the fact that Mississippi State's defense is really not that bad. They're not giving up crazy amount of points or are not giving up a lot of yards on the ground and that's going to be Kentucky's thing so this game is going to come down to a couple things for Mississippi State it's their uh, their defensive side of the ball they have to be able to control the run game they have to force Kentucky to pass now they they can pass um their quarterback Levis has is has 1326 yards and 13 touchdowns he's 119 for 100 for 177 so if they need to pass the ball they will and they'll have different receivers they will throw it to. They will throw it. Their main guy is Robinson, and then they have other guys. So on defense, they just kind of have to say, hey, you know what? we got to take away the run. We've got to force them into a passing situation. We're only giving up 93 rushing yards a game, and we've played teams like Alabama. We've played teams like Texas A&M that want to run the ball in LSU and Memphis. To play those type of teams only give up that many rush rush yards is pretty impressive. Mississippi State's defense, not bad. They talked about it last year. How about this year. Probably one of the better defenses, I would say, statistically, um, that Mike Leach has had outside of Alex Grinch, I believe. Um, I can't really speak for way back in Texas Tech days. Uh, But that's going to be their big thing on defenses. I think they're just going to have to come in and say, you know what, we're going to have to make Levis pass the ball. Now the pass attempts that are going to happen – We're going to have to play it to where everything's in front of us. So this is where it gets a little tricky because if you line up too high, they're going to run the ball because your box, the box is weaker. So how are you going to line up to this is going to be the the difference. If you, you could go one high, pack the box and say, okay, we're going to keep everything in front of us. So go one high, have four down linemen, three down line, whatever. If you have four down linemen, four linebackers, and have the other two guys kind of split the difference so they're not all the way out. They can still fit in the run fit, get corners and the safety. Now, the only thing is you're acceptable, you know, you're pretty weak against the vertical. But I think you're going to have to force Kentucky to say, hey, you're going to pass it on us. Um, maybe you line up in too high and you play man so then everybody can fly in on the run. Uh, you play too high and just play, you know, maybe play a robber cover one out of a too high look to where the safety at the last second rolls down and comes in in the run fit, all that type of stuff. So Mississippi State's going to have to sit there and say, okay. You're not going to run the ball on us. That's what you want to do. You're averaging 190 rush yards a game. We're only giving up 93. We are going to make you pass the ball. And then Mississippi State's offense, they're just going to have to do what they do. Uh, I think Will Rogers is playing a lot better. They're understanding the offense more. He's understanding the reads. Uh, he played pretty well at the end of the year last year. The wide receivers from Mississippi State are running the ball a lot harder than they ever were. Or... uh uh, they're running the routes harder. They're getting off the ball. They're understanding to the re- to find the open grass and sit and adjust their routes. And I think they're it's finally kind of clicking with this offense. And I think they're gonna be, they're going to be even better next year. But on offense, they just got to do what they do. They cannot get. They have to sustain drives. They don't need to score all the time. They can chip away at it with the air raid passes because um, Kentucky's going to do what they did last year, play a physical man, hit the receivers off the line of scrimmage. They're going to try to put, get pressure on Will Will Rogers like they did on the quarterbacks last year. And I think that Mississippi State actually runs the ball a little better. They're only averaging 48. But they they, they don't do too bad running the ball when, when the quarterback calls it. Mike Leach is not going to call it. But the keys for Mississippi State to do that is they're just going to have to run the routes hard. They're going to get bumped. They're going to get manned. Um, Kentucky's going to bring exotic blitzes, so we gotta. they've got to throw the ball to the running back and the swing routes to get hit, to get a couple yards going to soften that up to get them out of those blitzes. You're going to have to throw the dick routes behind them if they're going to throw that. You're going to have to run mesh routes, all that stuff. So that's key for Mississippi State. Kentucky is you're just going to have to run the ball, take what the defense is giving you. Um, on defense, you're going to have to do exactly what I said, play man coverage, um, hit them, but this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be way better than last year where it was very low scoring. I think with Mississippi State's offense kind of finally clicking, clicking. Um, They're going to come in motivated. Uh, They're not afraid of anybody. Michael Leach's mentality is not afraid of anybody. Uh, They come off a big win from Vanderbilt, if you want to call that a big win, but they're getting confidence back. Um, Kentucky got beat up with Georgia, but they've had a little bit of time away. So they're coming in. It's going to be a good game. So uh, moving on, another big game. Old Miss and Auburn. Right now, Auburn is actually favored to beat Old Miss because Auburn is hot. Old Miss, I think, should get some credit because they're hot too, but Auburn is starting to figure out the offense, um, uh, figuring out their new defense, figuring out their new offense. And, uh, it's going to be a good game. Uh, excuse me. Technical difficulties here, just reading this. But it's going to be a good game. Uh, Old Miss is a little beat up, but they held their own against LSU. Auburn, I mean, what can you say? They've won some big games. Uh, ever since they lost They lost to Penn State, they had a close game against Georgia State, but then they had a close game against LSU, and then they started to figure out uh, Georgia is Georgia, and then they had the big one against Arkansas. They've had time off to kind of recuperate. Old Miss has played Alabama – Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU. So they've had a tough stretch of games here. They had their bye week earlier, I believe, in the year. Right now Auburn's about minus three, minus three and a half, over-under for this game of 66. I think this game is going to be high scoring, but it's not going to be crazy high scoring. Um, I think there's going to be some scoring that their defense are going to figure it out. Uh, Old Miss right now is scoring more points. They're averaging 41 a game. Uh, they're they're giving up 28 points a game. They're getting 554 yards passing. They're doing 277. But Old Miss runs the ball. Believe it or not, people think Lane Kiffin's going to be like this air raid. No, they they want to run the ball. Everything's cr- predicated on running the ball. Lane Kiffin was, or uh, excuse me, uh, Lincoln Riley was air raid. Uh, but he wants to run the ball too. I don't believe Lane Kiffin coach under air raid. He understands that You'll see those concepts but he wants to run the ball. They're doing 263 yards a game on the ground on average. They're giving up 420 yards a game. They're out they're giving up 241 passing yards, 179 defense. Auburn is scoring 35 points a game, giving up 19. They get 447 total yards a game. They're getting 251 passing yards to 196 rush yards. They give up 217 pass yards and 122. So again, it's very similar. They're only 122 is a lot. But Old Miss is, to average two hundred sixty three is huge. So Auburn, their defense is going to have to come in and try to say, okay, we can't fall into this thing where we think that Old Miss wants to be a passing team and pass the ball first. Yes, they have a Heisman candidate quarterback, probably NFL draft pick, and Corral. You know he has a hundred and or one thousand nine hundred thirteen yards, fifteen touchdowns, one interception, and he is the leading rusher with four hundred seventy four yards. So when you have a guy that's going to run like that, it's it makes it hard. Like, are you going to stop the running back? You're going to stop him, and that's why I think they're getting so many yards because you focus on him to hand the ball off. You focus on the running back; he can run with it or do key screens, do an RPO because you're so focused onto the box, and that's where the pass game comes in. I think that's why people think they're going to pass the ball a mm-hmm. lot because they're trying to do RPOs, they're trying to do uh, play action. They're going to roll him out. They're go- they are predicated to run the ball first to try to open up the pass. You saw that at Al- Alabama. Now, Lane Kiffin, they're going to call the game whatever they see. So if they see that Auburn is giving them things, they'll pass the ball over the place because that's what he sees. This is going to be a high-flying game. It's going to be a hard-hitting game. Auburn's defense, um, just from hearing people talk, you know, they're, they're, they're slowly figuring out. You know, uh, They give up 24 to Georgia State. They only give up 19 to LSU. They let Georgia score 34, but then they only let Arkansas score 23. I think they're okay when teams score about 20. They're okay as long as they're going to score 30-some, and Bo Nix and them are figuring it out. Like, Bo Nix's numbers are not too far off Matt Corral. 1,488 yards, eight touchdowns, and two interceptions. But he can run the ball as well. They got some guys, when the offensive line's starting to figure out the run schemes and the pass protection in a new offense, it becomes dangerous. And the biggest, the biggest thing is confidence if you've got a team that's confident like in Auburn and the players are starting to be confident in the defense they're around the coaches they're around the offense they're around and they're having fun and they're confident no matter what's really happening scoreboard wise even though they're they're coming back I mean they're five and two that's a scary team it's a scary team when a team starts to get hot and they're confident no matter who's on the other side now I don't think Auburn should be favored I don't know a part of me is like why is Auburn favored they're 18th in the nation, Old Miss is 10, the way their offense is working. I think it might be because of Old Miss's defense, but their defense is playing much better. It's playing much better than it has been before. I mean, Tulane, they give up 21. Alabama, I mean, it's Alabama. I know Arkansas, you're giving up a lot of points, but in Tennessee and LSU, they've kind of clamped it back down. So I think that's maybe why they're favored. But again, this is going to come down to the run game. If Auburn is going to stop the run game, which is going to be very difficult with Old Miss, they're going to pass the ball. So Al- Auburn is going to have to take risks. They're going to have to play more man coverage and do man blitzes. They're going to try to heat Matt Corral inside the pocket. And it's tough to sit there and say, we're going to make them a passing team because they're getting 277 passing yards a game. Be- so you could sit there and say, okay, we're going to take the run game away from them. But then they're going to pass it. Now, I have no proof of this. But when you can get those type of rush yards, the RPO game opens up a lot more. Now, to RPO, sometimes they're play actions, and everybody knows that they're used as play actions. It just gives the quarterback an out to hand the ball off if he doesn't like what he sees. But when you run the ball like that, it's going to open up the RPO game because now, as soon as the linebacker or the outside linebacker or the safety that's rolled down sees the quarterback turn to hand it off, and you're running right, right behind him, well, when he sees that, he's going to trigger his read. Has been telling him that. But if you've been running the ball game while they're handing the ball off, I need to go make a play. He's going to try and throw the slant right behind him. He's going to try and throw the hitch, the glance route, the speed out. Whatever it is, levels, they're going to throw it. Um, or they're going to fake it and throw a screen to the other side, stuff like that. And Auburn is going to have to keep up with that no huddle. Now Old Miss is kind of beat up. But in order for Auburn to come in and win this game, their defense is going to have to figure out how they're going to – I don't know how you're going to do it. It's really hard to stop the pass and the run at the same time. You're, just going to have to, you're going to have to play a base defense. You're going to have to play man coverage. You're going to have to take some man blitzes. You're going to have to bump the receivers off the line of scrimmage. You're going to have to be very physical with them. And you're going to have to trust that your front, de, your, your front seven, your defensive line, and your linebackers are going to scrape over the blocks, get hands on, command double teams, maybe create piles in the middle when the ball's handed off, and allow outside backers or the safeties to flow down and make the play, be very physical. Um, you may have to play some cover two more so you don't get beat vertically. Some quarters coverage, quarter, quarter, half, and all that stuff. Um, Some mixed coverages when they're trying to do their RPO stuff so you can hand it off so when you see your guy run around or do whatever. Well, that's his guy now, not my guy. That's the type of stuff they're going to have to do. Old Miss have to come in and do what they do. The, there's really nothing more they have to do. The only thing on defense, they just can't let Bo Nicks get around and start making big plays. They can't let him run around the outside the pocket and make a big throw down the field. They can't allow him to get these big runs. Um, because once they start getting confident and I told you that I've already said that when they are confident team, those are the most dangerous teams. So both have very similar game plans that they need to come in and execute. But at this, just like the Kentucky Mississippi state game, this is going to be much must watch football. And it's exciting that we have a matchup like this. So even though there's not these huge matchups, like we were getting a couple weeks ago, this is going to be one of the big ones. Last one I want to talk about before I get into my week nine college football picks, and it's a game that people are talking about. Georgia Bulldogs are number one in the nation. Florida's coming off a tough year right now for them. They had high hopes, especially after the Alabama game. Alabama's kind of fallen from grace. Uh, you know, they beat FAU, close game, in my opinion, to U- to uh, USF. And then they only lose to Alabama by three. Okay, then you handle Tennessee, who's getting much improved. Then you lose to Kentucky, which shocked the world. You lose to them 20-13. to 13. Then you beat Vanderbilt. Then you lose to LSU, which is almost even a bigger thing to some people for some reason than Kentucky. So, right now, this, this, I said this already. If Ed Odron's seat is gone now, like he's going to be gone at the end of the year, at some point here, I'm not saying get rid of Dan Mullen this year or even next year, but people need to start talking about his seat just warming up. It's not hot. Maybe it's not even warm. It's lukewarm, you know, uh you know, it's not it's not maybe just warm. It's not hot. It's not on fire. You know the seat warmers in your car, as soon as you sit in, it just slowly that's what it is right now. You know, it starts at your butt and moves up to your back. That's where you're at right now when you're boiling water and no bubbles have started yet, but there's steam coming out of it. To me, that's kind of what needs that that needs to be what's happening right now because You've lost three games, and I'm telling you right now they're going to lose to Georgia. Georgia's defense is crazy good. Dan Mullen will figure out how to move the ball on Georgia, but Georgia's defense is just freaky good. Georgia is giving up 6.6 points a game. Now Florida is scoring 34.4 points a game. So this will come down to Georgia's defense and Florida's offense. But Georgia is also averaging 38 points a game on offense. That's why Georgia is probably the best team in the nation right now, the way they're playing. But Florida gets 501 yards a game. And this is split down the middle. Florida is averaging 247 passing yards and 257 rushing yards. If that's not balanced, I don't know what is. They only give up 338 yards a game. Only, I guess that's a lot. They'll give up 197 passing yards and 104 rush yards. The thing with Florida, and I said it already, I don't like when you play two quarterbacks because now you're not allowing them to get in a groove. You're almost calling two completely different offenses. I know Dan Mullen wants a running quarterback. We saw that when he was the offensive coordinator years ago with Tim Tebow. He, tried to, he wanted to do with Dak Prescott a lot to move him around. He was forcing Kyle Trask last year to run, which, in my opinion, should never run. He was trying to do power reads. He was trying to do this stuff, trying to do just straight quarterback runs. Yeah, maybe if it's third and one, I could see you doing that. But then, was normal times you're doing power reads, Kyle Trask. I don't think he's a running quarterback. So right now, Dan Mullen has to make a decision. Is he going to go with uh, his passing quarterback? Or is he going to go with somebody else? Like, you've got to make a decision here. I think he really wants... Um, to run the ball with the quarterback. But you can't do it. I don't think you should be able to have it both ways. Are you going to play Emory Jones? Are you going to play Anthony Richards? I mean, right now, Emory Jones has gotten you one thousand three hundred five passing yards, 10 touchdowns. Now he's throwing a lot of interceptions. Anthony Richards out there, he's throwing five touchdowns and three interceptions. So to play these two, you just don't allow them to get in a groove. Does that mean the other quarterback can't get some snaps in practice? No. Does that mean I like it when you kind of switch quarterbacks in the red zone? If you've got a guy that can kind of, that's what they did with Tim Tebow his freshman year. Chris Leak would play the game. They get down the red zone. Once in a while, they bring him in. It's like a wildcat package, but he can actually throw the ball and kind of run the ball. Those are fine. But when you're rotating, let's say in a drive, you know, you get the ball, now it's first and ten again. You get the first down, bring another quarterback in for a play or two, and then maybe you get the first down. Maybe it's third down now. Now you bring the other quarterback in. That type of stuff I don't like. I don't like it because you don't get a groove. You're tr- you think you're keeping the defense on their toes. But if they know that a quarterback comes in and says that's their passer or he's better at passing than running, we're going to make him run. You bring the other quarterback in, well, he's really good at passing. Or vice versa, the flip The Defense is going to do whatever. They're going to flip-flop it. You're not You're not fooling anybody at this point because you're bringing them in all the time. I think you just got to pick a quarterback and take it. I don't understand why you're playing both. I've just never been a big fan of it. So right now, I think after this game, they're going to lose, and Florida's going to be 4-4. Four four. What a big fall from Grace. Now, you know, Georgia's giving up six points. I could see Florida coming in and scoring probably two touchdowns. They'll probably score 14-21 to 21, somewhere in there because Dan Mullen's offense. Not saying he needs to be fired. But something's gonna to have to change, so I think he needs to have a coming to Jesus moment and say, "Do I want a running quarterback? Do I want a passing quarterback?" Um, Bennett for George has been playing better because he—I mean, he only has 996 passing yards. But when you can run the ball, your defense is doing their job. You don't really need to throw. I mean, George is 80% picked. Um, I believe they are 14 and a half favorite. over under 50, uh, 49, 51. Uh, so for this one, Dan Mullen's just gonna have to do what he does, call the plays he needs to. He's got to sustain drives, but it's gonna be hard against that Georgia defense. But I think you're gonna have to just go with the hot hand. So when if he, when he's rotating his freaking quarterbacks at the beginning of the game like he does, he's just gonna have to figure whoever's hot at that time. He's just gonna have to keep him in there because you saw at LSU one would struggle, bring the other one in, he struggled because you're not letting him get into a flow. You're not. You know what I mean? And it's cool. You want both to play. They both bring something different to the game. But you're not getting the rhythm. You're not getting all these first-team reps with the first team. doesn't mean the other guy can't get some reps. You can't have some packages when you get inside the red zone. After a timeout, you bring him in, and the defense wasn't ready for it because on a timeout, they're over there. They can't really see who's subbing until they get out on the field. Um, If you sub him in between, the defense is now allowed to sub and all that. So damn, all just got to figure out who he is. Be who you are. Not not a Matt Nagy quote. Nobody come after me saying Matt Nagy, but be who you are. You want a running quarterback? Put the running quarterback in and work on the pass game. Be a coach and do that. But also, I don't think he needs to be fired. I've said that before. Go listen to that episode. But I don't think that. But right now, after this game, his seat's gonna warm up. It's that car. It's the it's the warmer seats in a car. Right now, it's gonna start on the butt, and then if this happens again next year, it's gonna start to warm up, move up the back, and then the third year, you know. After the next year, if he's losing two games, three games, and they're not winning SEC championship, it's going to start to get hot because Florida's one of those teams that has these high expectations, even though they haven't won a championship in a long time. or I mean, I guess since Urban Meyer. They have these high expectations, and this type of season happens. It's going to start to warm up. It's not the same I don't know why Dan Mullen's getting a different treatment than Ed Ogeron. Like I said, there's probably stuff I don't know. Maybe the stuff I haven't seen and I'm just ignorant to. I have no idea. But it's not going to go well for Florida. But this still is a big-time game, SEC football. Florida Florida is still a good football team. If you put them in a different conference, you know, they blow people out of water. They're playing the SEC. Georgia's Georgia. We know what's going to happen. I see this is still going to be a hard-hitting game. I think Florida is going to get up for this. If they gave Alabama that best shot, I think Georgia's going to get a really good shot. But it's going to be interesting to see what Dan Mullen decides to do because his two rotating two quarterbacks isn't working consistently. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with that. To wrap up the episode, we are going to dive into my college football week nine bets. Recap, again, there's no rhyme or reason. I just see once I like, I'm going to do it. So it's going to be inconsistent records. I know that's probably not the best way to do it on a podcast, but it's what I want to do. Last week, I went uh, – went uh, went four and three, went four and three. Not a bad record. Um, you know, got the Syracuse right, Wisconsin, Ohio State and, and my Notre Dame pick. the Memphis won, the Old Miss one, the Oklahoma one. Kind of kind of hurt me. Um, still good games here. Um, so you're gonna get my picks of the week in college football week nine. Iowa does play Wisconsin. Um, if you watch my big Ten one, you know who I think's gonna win. I think it's gonna be I I'm taking Iowa plus three and a half because I could see this coming down to a field goal or Iowa winning. Tulane will play Cincinnati. Tulane has played some tough games. Um, you know, the way they I think if they come and play the way they did it, like against Oklahoma, Tulane right Cincinnati's right now is minus 26 and a half. I'm gonna take 2 I'm gonna have Tulane plus 26.5. I think they play closer than the 26 and a half. Kentucky versus Miss, Miss, Mississippi State, I think it's going to be more high scoring than it was last year. Both offenses are better than they were last year. I'm going to say combined it's going to be over 47 and a half. Old Miss versus, versus Auburn, first half combined I'm going to go under 33 and a half. I think it's going to take a while for some of these offenses to figure it out a little bit. So in the first half I'm going to say under 33 and a half combined. Penn State and Ohio State, um, I think it's going to go over 61 and a half because I see Ohio State scoring a lot. And then maybe Penn State getting up for this game and getting some garbage points. And then Nebraska and Purdue, I think the first half combined score under 27 and a half. So Nebraska-Purdue first half combined under 27 and a half. So there's this episode. I just want to go over some College Football Week 9 games. There's still some good games outside of these. These are just the ones that caught my eye personally. Then you got my College Football Week 9 bets. Go make those bets. Go make some money. Use Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Go get the free money. Go make the bets. Uh, go check out all that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Check out the weekly episodes. There's some things coming down the pipe. Hopefully, getting some more interviews, all that good stuff. Some things coming down the pipe with Belly Up Sports. We'll see what happens with that. So things, just different things. Just stay tuned for that. We'll see what happens. May not happen at all. But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, go check out all the other episodes. Uh, thank you guys so much, and we are gone.